Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, all good, thank you. Enjoyed a good weekend of football uh, last weekend. Some good games on uh, on Sunday and hoping for more of the same this coming weekend. Fantastic. And last but certainly not least, Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been this past week? Yeah, all good, thank you. I think, obviously, apart from Spurs again ruining my weekend, very inconsistent at the moment. Sometimes it's, it's good, sometimes it's not so good at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the World Cup now as well. Obviously, we're a couple of weeks away from that. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to kind of looking ahead to that now. Yeah, I mean, it'd be good if Spurs could turn up for more than 45 minutes. We're going to turn up for 45 minutes, though, because we've got plenty to chat about on this week's show. That's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start... Wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to the South Coast, as Southampton has said farewell to Ralph Hasenhutl. And that means another new manager market is now open. So Craig, the early favourite is Nathan Jones at the time of me doing my notes it was one to six on it might even be shorter now so do you think this appointment is a formality before long uh, yeah he is he is shorter now and I think there'll be a few people listening to this show that listen after he's been appointed um he, he seems the the sort of as close to a done deal as you can get at the minute um in terms of Jones I think he's done a fantastic job at Luton uh, he certainly deserves this chance to move up a division um and I appreciate he didn't do very well at Stoke but Stoke's a, a peculiar place and, and not many people do seem to do well there. Um, he's had a very strong recruitment team behind him at Luton and they've brought in some very good players, um, quite a few from Barnsley, as, as I only know too well. Um, I think he puts himself in quite a similar position at Southampton as well, if, if indeed this does sort of turn out to be his, his job to, uh, to take. Um, I think Luton's stature in the Championship and Southampton's stature in the Premier League are, are similar uh, he'll have more money and more more funds to to use at Southampton, but in terms of a, a a job compared to the rest of the league, it's actually a similar a similar move for him really, and and I think it'd be a great move. Um, hopefully, he can help the very young Southampton team uh, get back on track and start moving in the right direction. Okay, then Jamie, let's say that the talks between Nathan Jones and Southampton collapse at the very last moment, and the vacancy is still open. Could this be the time for Sean Dyche? to step back into the Premier League. The Bournemouth job seems to have passed him by, not completely, but that's gone cold. 72 at the moment for Sean Dyche to be Southampton manager. Would you fancy a pound there or would you go to Nathan Jones? Yeah, well, look, just firstly on Nathan Jones, I think he's definitely a guy who, who kind of deserves this opportunity. I think he did fantastically well with Luton last season, obviously just missing out on, on promotion, obviously getting him into the playoffs. So he does feel like he does deserve this opportunity. I would say... A little bit maybe concerning in terms of can he make that step up? I think going from Luton Town, 
up into the Premier League, I think that that is going to be a big step. So maybe you could argue that a guy, a guy like Sean Dyche is maybe a more suitable candidate. But I think the problem that Southampton has is it just feels as though this job isn't particularly attractive for kind of managers who are proven in the Premier League at the moment. Um, you know, we kind of look at the, the state of the squad that it's in at the moment. It's kind of a squad that does feel as though it needs a lot of work. It does feel like a squad that, that probably will go down this season. You also maybe look at kind of that job as well in terms of there does seem at times there is little investment in, in that team. So I do think if, if uh, maybe proven Premier League managers who are looking to come back into the league, they might look at this job and, and maybe not uh, probably think it's, it's not ideal at the moment. So that's why they're having to go for someone lower down and who's obviously going to have this big opportunity to finally come up to the Premier League. And that's why I do think Nathan Jones will probably be the guy who eventually does get it as um, you know, as Craig says, it, it does pretty much seem like this is a done deal. Obviously, we've seen that, you know, um, Luton have allowed him to enter talks with Southampton. And uh, yeah, I, I think Sean Dyche is, is definitely an unlikely one. But uh, and, and I do think Nathan Jones will probably get the job in the end. Now, Craig, does a lot of Southampton's issues come down to the fact that they haven't really got an identity anymore? You used to know that they had a conveyor belt of talent. You always used to go to Liverpool, but at least there was something about the club. They don't have that at the moment. Is that going to be the first task for whoever takes the reins at Southampton? Yeah, I mean, I think they've lost a lot of experience recently and, and they've gone down the, the route of replacing with youth, which is their sort of policy. And they've got players who are capable, but probably capable in like, a couple of years from now and they're going to develop and, and grow into whatever they are and whatever they become. Um, it, it just feels like they're sort of not quite there yet and that's what's causing the vast majority of their problems. Um, they brought 10 players in in the summer and, and six of those players were under 20. And when you're trying to build a, a sort of a squad that you want to take forward, that's the right thing to do. But you do need to have sort of like a, a backstop as such and, and make sure that you're not getting into trouble. Um, and you've got experienced players to get you out of that when, when that happens, and I don't really think Southampton have got that at the minute. Now, Jamie, a name we know very well is Mauricio Pochettino. He's 16-1 to 1 in the current market. Do you think the Argentine could make a shock return if you're being romantic, or will he pick up the phone and say thanks, but no thanks? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it will probably be the latter. I, I think with Pochettino, actually, I think it's an interesting one. I do actually think that he, he won't take another job until um, the Spurs job becomes available. Obviously, that, that could be very possible with, with uh, Conte leaving. I do think that Pochettino he does seem pretty set on, on rejoining Spurs eventually. And um, I, I, I don't think we'll see Pochettino kind of back into management until that Spurs job becomes available. And uh, yeah, I said it's kind of the same case with, with Sean Dyche, really. I think any Premier League proven manager... Um, probably will look at this job and think that, that there's a lot of work to be done. It's a very not particularly the most attractive job in the Premier League. I'd argue it's prob probably one of the least attractive jobs in the league at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I think Pochettino will probably say uh, no thanks to this one. OK, let's focus on their weekend fixture now. They travel to Liverpool and Craig. The Saints have been losing at half-time and then full-time in five of their last seven away league outings. Does Liverpool winning both halves interest you at all before Saturday? Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm having a bet on this game, then this is the sort of market that I would look at. Uh, Southampton may have new manager bounce in them, which is a possibility. They could also just bounce like Aston Villa did a couple of weeks ago, just because they've they've got rid of a manager and, and sort of the shackles can come off and they can maybe be a bit more expansive. Um, I think Liverpool should be too strong, but with the sort of slight chance that Southampton may be able to nick something if they all of a sudden come to life, then I think it's this market for a comfortable Liverpool win as opposed to just a, a standard Liverpool win 
um, just to get a bit more value that I would be looking at with that one. So, yeah, I think I think Liverpool will win. Um, just sort of keep my eye on Southampton just in case something strange does happen with them. Yeah, it's good logic there. I feel that with a new manager, or as you say, at least some form of shackles removed, shall we say, it might just be a little, a little bit more risky to attach. But with Liverpool being at home and the fortunes that they've got, all signs probably do point to them winning both halves. But, Jamie, we know very well about Mo Salah and his goal-scoring form in the last seven days. With this in mind, would you have him pegged to score any time odds of five to six? Or is that too short to interest you? Yeah, I'd probably argue that it would be maybe too short. Um, I think just given his inconsistency at the moment this season, obviously we saw going into the weekend, it was only four goals for him in 12 appearances. So it has not obviously been the greatest of seasons for him so far. Um, we did see, of course, you know, how good he can be when he's given those opportunities, how clinical he can be. I think, you know, some of his, you know, two, both finishes on the weekend were, were really classy and just shows that he's obviously still very much got that ability to score. He does also face the Southampton side who have conceded 12 in seven away matches this season as well. So you, you'd certainly fancy him to get on the score sheet. But just given those inconsistencies that he had this season, I think that maybe five to six is probably a little bit too short at the moment. We may as well stay by the seaside, though, as Bournemouth play host to Everton twice this week. Let's focus on their Premier League matters, though. Ignore the EFL Cup. Craig, the Cherries have thrown away two, two goal leads and lost their last four in a row. So would you be backing them to bounce back odds of nine to five before Saturday? Um, not at the minute, I wouldn't know. I think Bournemouth are having a bit of a, a crisis when it comes to winning games at the minute. They sort of they start well, uh, get themselves ahead and then hit the panic button and not really sure what to do and and that's resulted in them losing for the past two weeks now um the one question i would sort of ask is are everton good enough to um turn something around in in the way that Leeds and spurs have done over the past couple of weeks um so so for a bit of value on this game because it's not one that really really gets to me um i sort of go down the route of what we did with the tottenham and liverpool game last weekend uh, back a Bournemouth win at half time and then a draw at full time, which will be 14 to 1. Uh, Bournemouth probably not quite good enough to hold on to it, and Everton maybe not quite good enough to completely turn it around like two other teams have done against Bournemouth. Well, this is it, Jamie. When we look at Everton's run over 24 away league outings, they have failed to win 22, and they've also just won one of their last six in the Premier League. So, would you be backing Bournemouth, or can you see the Toffees winning at odds of 6-4? to four? Well, well I, I just think given Everton's form at the moment, we've seen it kind of fall off quite considerably recently. It's you know it's now four defeats in the last six, so it, it's not been very good for them at all. So I probably would be leaning slightly towards a Bournemouth win here. Um, I think, obviously, they were maybe unfortunate not to get anything from those games against Spurs, obviously, got uh, and uh, Leeds as well. Of course, they scored twice against Spurs, three against Leeds, so they probably will feel a bit unfortunate not to have got something from there. So um, I, I think this will be a case of maybe where Bournemouth just nick it here. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm just i going to lean towards them just because Everton have been so poor. You read out the stats there of, of how poor they've been away from home. Um, obviously, recently, just in general, they've been pretty poor. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean towards just just a, a slender Bournemouth win here. Now, Craig, in terms of an anytime goal scorer, what picks are taking your fancy before the clash at the Vitality? I've been looking at Kiefer Mormy, uh, yep. 3-1 to one to score any time. He's... Um, he scored two against Spurs a couple of weeks ago. Big physical striker, puts himself about a bit. I uh, just feel like Bournemouth are, are sort of really scrapping for anything they can get at the minute, which is now he's back in the team, sort of playing to his strengths. Um, so three to one, Kiefer Moore will be my pick. Well, Jamie, there have been under 2.5 goals in five of Everton's last six way outings. Would you be backing more of the same at odds of eight to 11? 
Yeah, I think I would. I mean, look, defensively, I think Everton have, are still fairly decent this this season. They've uh, Only the fourth fewest goals they've conceded in the league. So defensively, they get, are getting it right at times. But it's just an attack where they've been really poor. You know, they're averaging less than a goal per game. Um, they failed to score in four of their last five matches as well. So I, I think there could be a case of where they failed to contribute to the goals on, on the weekend. Um, as I say, they do fancy Bournemouth just to nick this one. I think it'll be a low scoring one. So I kind of do like the look of Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth to win and under 2.5 goals at uh, 9-2. Right, we're going to go bet building once again. And with Newcastle playing host to Chelsea, we're going to try and construct another winning combo. And you know what? Last week, we were really, really close to getting that 40-1 to pick over the line. We were a Anana booking short. So Harvey Barnes did his job. Under 2.5 goals did their job. Unfortunately, Anana was a good boy. Frustrating for us, but we go again. And that means, Craig, once more, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. I'm going with Callum Wilson from Newcastle. Uh, three in his last three games. Taken off ill at half-time last weekend. Uh, not an injury, though, just ill. So assuming he'll be absolutely fine for this one. Uh, I just feel like Newcastle are creating a hell of a lot of chances at the minute. Um, and hopefully he gets on the end of one. And Jamie, I'd like the over-under on goals, please. Yeah, do you know what? I actually think this could be a fairly emphatic win for Newcastle here. I think Chelsea, you know, they were pretty poor against um, uh, Arsenal on the weekend. They have been decimated by injuries as well. That's definitely not helped them. Um, Newcastle, obviously, on the other hand, they're third in the league and they're flying at the moment. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, yeah, I think they're going to be able to exploit this Chelsea team. They've scored 10 in their last three as well, Newcastle. So, I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals here. Okay, my pick for this week, I'm going to go with both teams to score. And I feel that Newcastle's defence is looking pretty solid. And because of that, I'm going to go with both teams to score, no. And let's recap now. So we've got Callum Wilson to score any time. We've got over 2.5 goals. And we've also got both teams not to score at St James's Park. 25 to 1. So it's another big one. Hopefully this can get over the line. £10 on the betting slip, £260 in your back pocket. I hope that one gets over the line for us and for you. But now let's talk about the game itself because, Craig, Newcastle have won six of the last seven league outings. Will they be able to pass the test of more European credentials? Um, yeah, I really fancy Newcastle to win this one. Uh, I think for the past couple of weeks on the podcast, I've sort of mentioned that I would pretty much back Newcastle to beat anyone at the minute. Uh, and that's not changed. Uh, they're putting in some good performances. One of the real standouts for me is the fact that they've not really negated their defensive play. They've been very strong at the back while they've been creating so many chances. Uh, they're just up and coming as a very, very good team. Uh, Chelsea have got a few questions to answer still. So definitely Newcastle for me. I think they're a, a very fair price at 13-10. to 10. Now, Jamie, if the Magpies do manage to get the better of Chelsea, does the conversation pivot towards genuine top four contenders? I think I think they already are genuine in top four contenders at the moment. I think in earlier episodes, I, I was very positive about Newcastle kind of being the best side outside the top six. And, um, you know, at, at this stage of the season, I think there's, I, I'm very confident that they can break up this top six, actually. Um, I just think that they're playing so well at the moment. Kind of individuals keep on stepping up when they're needed. You know, we've seen Almiron stepping up. We've seen Callum Wilson stepping up. So, yeah, I mean, they just look really good at the moment. The only thing, the only concern that I'd really have in terms of can they actually finish in that top four is how the World Cup break is going to affect them. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about how um, how the World Cup is going to impact teams during the season and maybe, you know, disrupting some rhythm. And that, that could be something where Newcastle are one of those teams who obviously having a fantastic first half of the season and that could maybe be disrupted. So um, that's maybe something to keep an eye on. But uh, look, at the moment, they're, they're certainly top four contenders um, I, I really think at the moment they will break up that top six. And, um, 
yeah, I, I have to say, do I actually think they will make it? I, I just think that that World Cup break could disrupt their rhythm, as I said. So um, I think they'd probably just miss out on the top four. But um, at the moment, they're, they're just playing some really great football. Now, Craig, the Magpies have been winning at both half-time and full-time in the same six out of seven that they've been unbeaten in. So how do you think the game evolves in the half-time, full-time market on Saturday? I think one of the big positives for Newcastle has been how they start games. They seem to get on the front foot very early and impose themselves on games, and that's really helped them sort of get in, get in the right mindset and really take games to, to the teams who they've been playing. Um, it'll be tougher to do that against Chelsea, but I still think that they've um, they've got a chance of doing it. I, I imagine that there'll be plenty of the fans there um, getting behind the team early, knowing that this is a bit of a tougher test. And I can just see Chelsea being on the back foot from from very early on in this. Uh, sort of Newcastle to win half time and Newcastle at full times eleven to four. I think it's a very fair bet. I can just see Newcastle getting on top early, uh, pinning Chelsea back, and, and eventually scoring sometime in that first half. Well, Jamie, Miguel Amron cannot stop this incredibly good scoring run. He's 11-2 to to do it again on Saturday, which I feel is quite a long price. But all runs have to come to an end at some point. Is it going to come to an end on Saturday or will he score again? Yeah, well, look, when I was obviously going through the notes on this show, I had to double check that that was actually right, 11-2, to because that does seem like a crazy price at the moment, because he's just he, he's just on fire. I think it's seven goals in his last seven appearances, so he's just on fire at the moment, and um, I think you could probably have to be crazy to kind of back against, uh, back against him at the moment, and uh, certainly at that price, that seems like a, a really nice bet. Again, I said he faces a Chelsea side who look really vulnerable at the back at the moment. Um, you know, they are missing key players, and um, they're going to be short of confidence after two defeats in a row so I think this is a really good bet here I think that that's a really nice price 11 to 2 um, just the form that he's in I mean he's a guy obviously that I'm definitely looking to bring into my fantasy team this week and he's just in such great form face it as I said face a Chelsea side who are kind of weak at the moment so yeah this looks like a really good one yeah I mean at that price why would you not I mean as I say all runs have to come to an end at some point but while it's still going I feel that price is too good to turn down he might not score the weekend but Logic almost dictates that a goal is going to come. So, 11-2, to two, fill your boots, listeners. But we move on, because now it's time for our long shot acca. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt of odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. And, Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, I'm going to stick on the same thing as we've just been talking about with the Newcastle-Chelsea game. And I'm going to go for a big one here. And I'm going to go for Newcastle to win to nil against Chelsea. You get that at 3-1. Um, Chelsea, I said, you know, at the moment, one of their big issues as well has, has been scoring goals. And, and that's kind of reflected in, in their total goals of the season. It's just 17 goals all season, which makes them the second lowest in the, in the top 10. Um, they also face a Newcastle side who have conceded uh, the joint fewest goals in the league as well this season, which is really impressive. Um, just 11 times they've conceded Newcastle. Um, and I think after that Arsenal performance, you know, for Chelsea, they'll be low on confidence. And I actually think Newcastle could humiliate them on, on Tyneside here. So I'm going to go for Newcastle win to nil against Chelsea at 3-1. to one. Bad news if you're a Chelsea fan. But Craig, what have you got up your sleeve? I'm going down to League One for my pick. Uh, Plymouth on the minus one handicap line to beat Lincoln, which is seven to two. Uh, Plymouth completely shocked in the cup last week, uh, and I'm expecting a big response from them. Uh, League League One form absolutely fantastic. Uh, the four points clear at the top since August the 20th. Uh, they played 13 games in League One, winning 11 and drawing two. Three of the last four have been by decent margins. They've beat Exeter 4-2. MK Dons 4-1 and Accrington 3-0. Uh, so we would all cover this line. So 
I've got a funny feeling that Plymouth are going to really bounce back and, and Lincoln are going to be on, on the end of that this weekend. And I'm going to go back up to the Premier League now as West Ham play host to Leicester at the London Stadium. The Foxes have lost just one of their last five and have kept four clean sheets in the process, while the Hammers have lost their last two in the Premier League, which means I fancy the Foxes to continue their surge up the league table and I'm backing them to win at odds of 14-5. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's mop up some more Premier League matches now. And next up, we go to Molyneux as Wolves play host to league leaders Arsenal. Craig, Steve Davis will be in charge for this one. Does this mean the Gunners are well positioned at odds of four to seven? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I really like Arsenal here. Um, to me, Wolves look a team absolutely desperate to get to the World Cup break. Uh, I think going back sort of five minutes, and, and Jamie mentioned that the World Cup break could really disrupt. Newcastle. Uh, Wolves are hoping for the complete opposite. They're absolutely desperate for some time to work out who on earth is going to be in charge of this team for starters um, and, and what players they've got and what they want to do. Um, I just see them really struggling now at the minute and it's not going to get any better in, in the sort of short term anyway. Um, Arsenal really, really good win on Sunday. Um, their Arsenal are, are, were a soft penalty in the Man City game away from being four points clear at the top of the Premier League and, and what we would have all been talking about um, they're, they're really going places at the minute. Uh, Arsenal for me, definitely. Well, let's talk about the outright market very quickly, Jamie. I mentioned a few weeks back, 11-1 to 1 were the odds when I first referenced this, down to 5-1. to 1. So has all the value disappeared when you consider how much football needs to be played? Is it still a tempting price? Perhaps not for you personally, but if you were <laughs> a neutral or an Arsenal fan, would you be backing Arsenal to win the league at 5-1? to 1? Yeah, look, I mean, I've been asked this question obviously a couple of times now and I mean, obviously continuing to try and put it off as much as possible and saying, yes, they can win the league. But look, I, I think they've certainly shown enough uh, this season to kind of really show they are the real deal. Um, over 38 matches, though, I still feel as though Manchester City will just about come up trumps. Um, and I think Arsenal are certainly going to push them, though. They've looked really good this season. Another big win on the weekend, as I mentioned, against Chelsea. Um, so it's another test they've kind of overcome. Again, I think they could be another team that might be slightly hindered by the World Cup break. I just think that that break uh, for the World Cup is, is just going to disrupt rhythm. I mean, we saw it with COVID as well. I think it was a big example of that was, was Sheffield United before the break were really pushing. They were even going for Europe and um, come back from that COVID break and, and it really disrupted their rhythm. So we've seen how a break in the season can impact teams Um Arsenal could be could maybe um, suffer from that a little bit, but uh, I, I do think they'll push them all the way. I think the problem is is that as well, there's still quite a lot that maybe can go wrong. I think potential injuries. You know, we can see if Arsenal were to lose maybe one or two key players, I think that that will really hurt them because I think their squad is still a little bit light. I think as well the Europa League factor could maybe hinder them as well. I think the deeper they go into that competition, obviously the more energy they're going to expend. Playing Thursday, Sunday is still quite tricky. Um, as you can see, I'm trying to talk myself out of <laughs> Arsenal being the, the top contenders, but I, I do genuinely believe that. I think they do have a light squad. Europa League could have an impact. World Cup could impact them as well. And Manchester City, I just still think they are just too good. They've added Erling Haaland. We know how, how much better he's made them. So... Um, I think over the 38 games, I hope over the 38 games that Manchester City will come up trumps. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Manchester City are still my friends to win it. I get the feeling I'm going to ask you this question quite a few times. You're going to find more and more excuses, which are probably going to get more and more crazy as the season progresses. I like the way you're sort of sticking to the company line of Arsenal aren't going to win the Premier League. But who knows, you might be fooling yourself, Jamie. Let's move on, though. Let's go back to the game itself. Because although Wolves scored twice at the weekend against Brighton, 
that's probably the exception rather than the rule in terms of their attacking football. With that in mind, Craig, does Arsenal win to nil at odds of 13 to 8 offer more interest to you? It certainly does, yeah. And if I'm placing a bet on this game, I think this is the market where you, you can sort of add a bit of extra value to it. Um, as you mentioned, Wolves scored twice, but they've got eight from 14 Premier League games, which is well, well below what's needed in the Premier League. Um, couple that with the fact that Arsenal's last three wins have, have all come with clean sheets as well. Uh, they've, they've built a very solid-looking uh, back line of Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, if, if I'm looking for a bit of extra value, I think the win-to-nil market is, uh, is the one that I will be going with this weekend. Now, Jamie, we could expand on that further and go with Arsenal win and under 2.5 total goals or to 3-1 to one because the Gunners' last three away days have ended with less than three total goals. Do you reckon that would be more of the same on Saturday? Yeah, look, I'm definitely with Craig there in terms of a win to nil. I think that, that that's got to be the way to go. I think Wolves, they're the lowest scorers in the division. Um, I think as well, Arsenal have been very strong in defence. I think they've got the best defensive record at the moment joint with Newcastle. Um, so, you know, that could certainly play a big factor in terms of maybe winning to nil. Um, but I think Wolves have just been so poor recently. It's six defeats in eight. Um, they've lost back-to-back -back home games against Leicester and Brighton as well. So, obviously, I think Arsenal could be pretty rampant here. So, um, as much as I, I think Arsenal will win to nil, and obviously that will keep the scoring low, I, I think Arsenal could score a few here. I mean, you know, um, Wolves have conceded a lot in their last couple of matches as well. So, um, yeah, I, I fancy Arsenal to get a few here. So, I probably wouldn't be going towards under 2.5 goals here because I think Arsenal can score a lot. Fair enough. Let's focus on the team that they're pushing very... Well, actually, hang on. That are pushing... Well, I need to read that again. Fair enough, Jamie. Good logic, though. Let's focus on the team that are pushing them close. And Craig, that being Manchester City, they needed an injury-time winner over Fulham last weekend. Will it be more routine over Brentford this Saturday? I mean, it should be, yeah, as long as City can uh, keep 10 men on the pitch this time round. Um, I'm quite worried about Brentford at, at the minute. I think uh, they've, they've no win in the last four. But what adds to the worry for me is the fact that of those four games, three have come against Nottingham Forest, Wolves and Aston Villa. Uh, who have all had the troubles. Um, so not only are Brentford not picking up points, but they're also not really picking up points against the teams that they need to be picking up points. Um, this should really be a comfortable sort of afternoon for Manchester City, I think. Providing, like I said, they keep 10 men on the pitch, they should have far, far too much quality for, uh, for Brentford. Well, Jamie, as for the Bees, they've not won any of their last four and there have been over 2.5 goals in 12 of their last 14 away league outings. Would a City win and over 3.5 in total, odds of 20 to 21, grab your interest? Yeah, I think so. I think they will get a number of goals here. I, I personally prefer the look of a Man City win and both teams to score. Um, you get that at 8 to 5. I think I mentioned last week, um, you can kind of see there is a slight vulnerability at the moment to this Manchester City defence. Um, they conceded, you know, a, a number of goals now at the Etihad in terms of, you know, maybe they've given away some cheaper goals. So I actually think Brentford could um, contribute here. Ivan Tony as well is back and that could be a big factor. But I, I still think this is going to be an emphatic uh, Man City win. So, um, yeah, I, I would go for both teams to score just because I think there is a slight vulnerability at the moment to this Man City defence I mentioned. But, uh, yeah, Man City win, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I like the look of a Man City win and both teams to score. And you get that, that eight to five. We should also focus on the Champions League outright market. Craig, with the round of 16 draw being as it is, do you think this will finally be City's year? What do you make of their odds of 13 to eight to finally get their hands on that trophy? I'll answer those two questions separately for you. Um, yes, I do think it is their year. I think this is as good a chance as, as they've ever had. Um, but at the same time, I think those odds are very, very short on a, on a City to win the Champions League. 
Um, they've drawn Leipzig, which which is a fairly favourable draw in the last 16. But after that, they they really could play anyone. Um, you know, they, it wouldn't surprise me. They're going to, at some point, sort of drop on a, a tough team. It wouldn't surprise me if you went through and just backed sort of individually City to qualify from each round and then rolled up your money yourself into an accumulator as you go and then back them to win the trophy in the final. Uh, if you would get better odds than 13-8, to 8, just doing it as a standout to win the Champions League. That's a good point, actually. I didn't factor that in. But, Jamie, you have certainly shown your love for Real Madrid in previous episodes. We have a repeat of the 2022 final in the round of 16. Does this mean you'd be holding back on backing Los Blancos to an outright at odds of 12-1? to 1? Yeah, I still think that's a nice price. I mean, you just sort of look at kind of their European pedigree of, of Real Madrid and the fact that they are defending champions as well. But uh, I think the the odds are so long this this season because of Manchester City. I mean, it looks like a year that Man City will finally kind of get the job done. Adding Erling Haaland just kind of seems to have been really that missing piece. And um, I do think Man City, this is going to be their year. I think that's why, you know, you'll see other teams maybe at um, longer prices because I think Man City are, are definitely the standout for me. Um, I think with Real Madrid as well, we've kind of seen that they've struggled a bit recently. We saw them draw with Shakhtar. They lost to Leipzig as well recently. Um, they drew with Girona. And then of course, on Monday evening, they suffered that defeat to Real Vallecano. So um, they're a team that maybe are a bit out of form at the moment. They've got a tough draw as well, as you, as you mentioned, Liverpool. That's not going to be an easy game to get through in that round of 16. So, um, yeah, obviously, again, I mentioned they've got that. They've got the European pedigree. They are defending champions. That is a nice price. But uh, I think there's kind of too many factors um, going against them this year. Now, talking of teams in the Champions League, Tottenham are still in that club and they play host to Leeds on Saturday. Craig, Spurs have lost three of their last four. Are you in a race to put them on your Saturday coupon? Uh, I think they'll win the game, but in terms of a race to put them on the coupon, then then definitely not. Whenever I think about this game, I'm just telling myself to stay clear, really. Uh, we've, we've seen a massive couple of weeks for Leeds United uh, on the verge of sacking Jesse Marsh to winning away at Liverpool and then coming back uh, to win from two goals behind to beat Bournemouth. Um, you know, they would be fancy to beat Bournemouth, but the way and the manner in which they did it, on top of the manner in which they went to win at Liverpool, that's the sort of thing that can like, completely change a season. Uh, for a team. So I think Leeds are on the right track. Um, Spurs should beat this. They're, they're the better team. And I think one of the big things for Spurs is that they're not playing in Europe this week. They are playing in the EFL Cup, but they've got that opportunity to rest who they want to rest rather than being forced to play a strong 11 in Europe and then come back again and play in the Premier League. Um, Spurs would be my pick. They should win this. They're the better team. But in terms of, of betting on this, this is definitely one to stay clear of just because of what Leeds have done over the past couple of weeks, really. Now, Jamie, as I say, three defeats in the last four, and they also gave Bournemouth a two-goal head start, a win that perhaps papers over the cracks of that overall performance. So, do Spurs now have to just make sure they stay in the mm. top four race before the World Cup break? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think actually on the weekend, Spurs were probably unlucky to lose that game in yeah. the end. I think it was kind of a, a game of fine margins, really. Obviously, we saw Spurs have some big opportunities in that game where, you know, maybe on another day they've gone in. I think Perisic hit the bar twice. Of course, there was the penalty incident as well where Ryan Session wasn't given that foul. Um, I think as well, been obviously unfortunate to kind of miss players recently with, with or key players as well with through injury. Obviously, we've seen Romero missing, Son, Kulusevski, Mora and Richarlison as well. Players who have all been missing. So I think after the World Cup, Spurs will be fine in terms of that race for the top four. But uh, 
Yeah, I, do you know what? I'm with Craig as well. I don't think this game's going to be easy on the weekend. I think Leeds, we've seen them kind of a real upturn in form. Went away to Anfield and won. They just seem to be confident again at the moment. So um, I think Spurs, they will be str- too strong for Leeds in the end. But uh, I think Leeds will certainly make a good game of it on the weekend. So, mate, I, I would probably go, again, I'd go along with Craig in terms of saying this one, I'd probably look to avoid just because I think there is that risk of, of Leeds causing an upset. Now, Craig, there have been over 2.5 goals in each of Spurs and Leeds' last three outings. So, would you be backing more of the same or to four to six before the weekend? Yeah, I definitely would, yeah. I think if you sort of take away who's going to actually win this game and just look at the goals, uh, it looks a perfect recipe to me. Both teams like to attack. Uh, I don't think Leeds will go to Tottenham and defend. I think they'll go there and, and they will play their usual game. Uh, but both teams are, are sort of susceptible, to susceptible defensively. Uh, so I could see both of them sort of leaking a few as well. It, it would not surprise me at all if there's sort of four or five goals maybe in this one. And Jamie, Spurs could do with getting out the blocks quicker than usual. They don't turn up to the second half. So if they buck the trend, and they probably need to, would you be tempted to back any goal being scored in the first 10 minutes at odds of 3-1? to one? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a nice price, but I just think you have to kind of look at the former Spurs at the moment in, in kind of that first half and, and just see it's probably not worth one back in at the moment. Um, you know, in that second half at the moment, everything seems to be really going up. I mean, it's almost double the stats in, in kind of every aspect. Goal scores goes up, expected goals goes up, shots on target, shots, touches in the opposition box. They almost almost double from the first half to the second half. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a real issue at the moment for Spurs. I don't think it's an issue that Spurs are going to be able to sort out on the weekend um, in terms of maybe scoring that 10 minutes. So I, I would say it's probably one to, to kind of stay away from at the moment because Spurs, they're just not kind of finding a way to get out the blocks quickly. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd look to steer clear of this one. OK, then, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, I'm going to stick in the Premier League for my one. Um, I'm going to go for the game between Man City and Brentford um, for my pick. And I'm going to go for Man City to win uh, 3-1 here. I mentioned I do think Brentford can contribute to the goals. Even Tony's back. He's a guy who's going to want to kind of impress Gareth Southgate. But look, Man City, we know there's probably going to be too strong. Erling Haaland, you'd expect, not going to the World Cup. Obviously, that final game before the World Cup as well. So he should be back in the team. Um, so I think this will be a big win for City. I'm going to go for 3-1 win for them um, and you can get that at 11-1. to 1. And Craig, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Sticking with the Premier League and I'm going to continue our jump onto the Newcastle bandwagon. Uh, just like Jamie, I think Newcastle can win this game 2-0, so I'm going for a Newcastle 2-0 victory against Chelsea. Uh, that's available at 12-1. to 1. Fantastic. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's a few more Premier League headlines to mop up. Let's go to the Amex as Brighton play host to Aston Villa. Craig, the Seagulls have won their last two, but Villa are off the mark under Unai Emery. Would you fancy a Villa double chance at odds of 19-20? to 20? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how Emery sort of closes out before the World Cup. He's, he's coming at a, quite a difficult time when he's not really got much, much sort of way in which he can affect the team because they've got so little games left until the World Cup. Uh, Looking at the odds, though, I do like Brighton at home. I think they're very strong at home and very similar odds for a Brighton win or for Villa in the draw. So I would have to go with with Brighton. To me, they they look a team that are ready to move up another gear and go on. Uh, I'm not so sure that this Aston Villa team, once they've got rid of the the Emery bounce, will be able to do that. Um, As I said, I like Brighton at home. I think they're very strong at home. So it'll be a Brighton win for me in this one. 
Well, Jamie, when you look at Brighton, they are undefeated in nine of the last ten at home. So would you be interested in the home win at odds of four to five? Well, look, it was obviously a very impressive kind of start for Unai Emery with that 3-1 win over Manchester United. So, you know, you'd, you'd probably factor that in. But look, you, you mentioned there how good Brighton have been at home. So I think that that's something you've got to keep in mind. Um, but it, look, it's going to be a really interesting game. You, you've got Aston Villa side who are going to come into this one full of confidence, a Brighton side who are very good at home. So I think it will be a case of both teams kind of cancelling each other out. Um, so I think this one's going to play out as a draw. I think both teams will score as well in this one. So uh, I quite like the look of both teams scoring a draw here at 4-1. Uh, to one. Now, Craig, Pascal Gross hasn't been shy when it comes to scoring goals this season. He's 9-2 to two to score any time at the weekend. How does that sound to you? Yeah, I think it's a very fair price. He's scored five overall this season, uh, two in his last two games. And they've come some sort of a, a newly tried kind of right-back, right-wing-back type position that he's been put in as well. Um, he's one of the players that seemingly buzzes around and is, is involved quite a lot in uh, in what Brighton do going forward. So, yeah, I think that's a very fair price, yeah. Well, Jamie, there have been over 3.5 goals in Villa's last three matches, albeit for different reasons. You know, they've not just been blowing teams away. They did suffer that heavy defeat to Newcastle. But does odds of 1-3 to three seem a decent Acker suggestion when you're mm. looking for goals at the weekend? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, they did obviously very well to score three against Manchester United, but on the weekend they face a Brighton team who have conceded just four goals in, in six home games. So um, Brighton, they've been pretty strong defensively this season. So I think they'll kind of keep the scoring low. I mentioned, I do think this one will play as a draw. So yeah, I'm kind of expecting a, a low scoring draw here. Um, so yeah, I think under 3.5 goals is, is a good shout. Yeah, I'd agree on that front. But as for the team that Villa beat, that was Manchester United and they travel to Fulham. So, Craig, both teams saw their unbeaten runs come to an end at the weekend. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, I think this is a really, really tough game to call. Uh, different sort of setups between these two. I think Fulham, especially at home, like to attack and, and have good football. Uh, Manchester United have really showed up defensively and they like to have tighter games. So, I think the key to this is sort of can Fulham unlock the Manchester United defence and, and open up the game? Um Purely from a value perspective, I think Fulham at 3-1, to one, they're, they're off a very fair value. Like I said, they've been good at home and they're opening up more and they're playing a bit of good, expansive football. I really can see them taking the game to Manchester United just because of how United set up. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Fulham won this. I think they're a really good price at 3-1. to one. Now, Jamie, if you were to go for a result and both teams to score pick before the weekend, what choice would you be going for at Craven Cottage? Yeah, look, I, I think um, Fulham, they're going to still be missing Mitrovic on the weekend. I think Marco Silva kind of suggested that he won't be ready for this one. So um, I think that's going to kind of be a big blow for Fulham getting on the uh, score sheet on the weekend. Um, obviously, they did manage the goal at the Etihad. That was a penalty, though. Um, I, I think as well, Manchester United, um, they have been very strong defensively this season, or certainly prior to the Aston Villa game. Um, it was three clean sheets in four for Ten Hag's side before that. So um, I still like that. I still do like this Manchester United side defensively. Um, I think they've done really well in terms of kind of rebuilding that defence. I, I, I'm going to kind of put um, the defeat to Aston Villa as a you know as a bit of a, a an anomaly. So um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a United win here, and uh, both teams to score no, um, and you get that at eleven to four. Okay, Craig. We're going to stay in London, but go to the London Stadium. It's West Ham welcome Leicester. The Foxes, as I mentioned earlier, have kept four clean sheets in the last five league outings. Can they earn a win to nil at odds of 11 to 2? Well, the Leicester turnaround sort of continues moving in the right direction, doesn't it? Again, they, they sort of they continue to impress. Uh, only Manchester City have beaten Leicester in the last five. 
there's there's no disgrace in that at all. Last two away games, they've beaten Everton and Wolves, uh, two teams who are not sort of playing great at the minute, but you could say the same about West Ham pretty much, couldn't you? Um, they scored six goals in them and they didn't concede. Uh, West Ham were beaten by Crystal Palace, who Crystal Palace are a fair team, but tend to do far worse away from home. So the fact that they went to West Ham and won sort of rings alarm bells about West Ham's form at the minute. Um, I think Leicester sort of 14-5 to five to win away from home is, is very, very good. Um, if you want something bigger, then yeah, 11-2 to two to win to nil. Um, so it's sort of a great bet for the weekend, I think. I really like what Leicester are doing. Well, Jamie, if you were looking at the first scorer market, what picks take your fancy before kickoff? Yeah, look, I, I think pretty emphatically James Madison has to be the one for me. Um, he's 11-1 to score the first goal here. Um, we've just seen him having a really good season at the moment. He's got six goals to his name. Um, again, he's another player who's going to be desperate to kind of really um, you know, have that last chance to impress uh, Gareth Southgate before the World Cup. I think he is a guy who is going to eventually get on the plane to Qatar. So, um, again, you know, as well, it's been a difficult season for Leicester so far, but uh, he's been a real shining light for them. So, um, yeah, James Madison is my shout and get that at 11 to 1. Now, Craig, our final Premier League game takes us to the City ground. Forest are currently bottom and have failed to win 11 of their last 12 in the Premier League. So, Palace upset the odds by earning an away win at West Ham last Sunday. Would you be backing the Eagles to win again at odds of 11 to 8? I think this is definitely the type of game that Nottingham Forest sort of need to get something from if they if they want to stay in the Premier League this year. Um, but having said that, we sort of we talk about how poor they've been, but one win from this game this weekend, and they could be out of the relegation zone if, if other things go their way. Um, so it's not like they're detached or anything. Um, I'm not so sure about Crystal Palace's away form. Um, they did win last weekend, you're right, but prior to that, they'd played five away games and not won. Um, I just think that maybe they'll cancel each other out in the end. Uh, 21 to 10 for the draw is, is the one that appeals to me. Um, Forrest sort of giving it a good go, but not quite being good enough to win, I think. Well, let's look at it from a different angle, Jamie, because Forrest are unbeaten in the last three at home. And with this in mind, would 11 to 10 interest you in the draw no bet market? Yeah, look, I, I think this is a fairly good shout. Um, I think Crystal Palace, I do think they're probably unlikely to be decided to kind of be the ones to win that run of uh, Forest at the moment. Uh, the Eagles, prior to their win at the London Stadium on the weekend, they'd only picked up three points from five away matches. So they haven't necessarily been great in terms of away from home. Forest, you said there, you know, they've been really strong at home as well. So, um, yeah, I, th I think this will be a case of where Nottingham Forest will certainly fancy themselves to, to get something from this match. OK, let's take a quick drop down to the Championship now as there's a huge clash on Sunday between Burnley and Blackburn. Not only a local derby, but a top-of-the-table clash as well. So, Craig, Vincent Company's men are two points clear at present. Can they make it five by the end of Sunday lunchtime? Yeah, like you say, it's a massive game, this one. Uh, the derby element combined by the fact that these two have both started really, really well. Uh, I, think, I think both of them are playing good at the minute. I like what they've done. Um, Burnley were beaten by Sheffield United 5-2 last weekend. Uh, the second half performance from Sheffield United, I'd, I would argue that they would comfortably beat any championship team given how well they played in the second half. So although it was disappointing to see Burnley concede five goals, um, I'll, I'll sort of let them off and forgive them for that. Um, Blackburn have been really sort of quietly going about the business. They've, they've been very professional, I've thought. There have been a lot of sort of one-goal wins, one-nils, two-ones, um, sort of getting the job done without being too flashy. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they went to Burnley and, and frustrated the home team here. Um, as many sort of local derbies end up in a draw, I think that's the one that's sticking out for me at the minute. I think it's sort of like 20 minutes to go and Burnley have, have got, uh, sorry, Blackburn have got a draw. 
um, they will happily hold on to that. And I think they're more than capable of holding on to it. So if you put me into a position, then I'd go for a draw. I think it'd be a very, very good game, though. With that said, Jamie, Derby matches have a habit of throwing the form book right out the window. So could Rovers wrestle back top spot and win on the road at odds of 7-2? Look, Aira, I think home advantage is going to be the way to go. I think that's going to play a big factor. Um, Burnley, they've got the second best home form in the league. They've taken 22 points from, from 10 matches um, at Turf Moor this season. Meanwhile, you factor in Blackburn's poor away form. I think it's really their home form that has them near the top of the division. They are the side with by far the best home record. But away from home, they have been really poor. Um, they're ranked 15th in the league um, for their away form this season. So it's not been great. Um, so I, I'm actually fancy Burnley to kind of bounce back here from obviously that heavy defeat on the weekend against Sheffield United. And uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna back a Burnley win here. OK, let's stay in the EFL now and we'll drop down to League One next. Plymouth will look to bounce back from their FA Cup drubbing. Craig, can they get the better of Lincoln on the road at odds of 13 to 10? Yeah, I definitely think they can. I've already put Plymouth up. Uh, minus one is my long shot pick for the week. Um Really, really surprised by what happened in the FA Cup. But when you look at Plymouth's form in League One, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Plymouth and, and Ipswich are the two real standouts in League One at the minute. I think it's between them two who wins the title. Um, as I've sort of mentioned before, since the 20th of August, Plymouth have played 13 League One games. They've won 11 of them and drawn two. Um, recently, they've come up with some big wins. They've beat Exeter 4-2, MK Dons 4-1 and Accrington 3-0. Uh, Lincoln... Are doing okay, but but no better. Uh, wasn't overly impressed by Lincoln when they came up to Barnsley a few weeks ago, um, dis- despite winning. Um, so yeah, it would be Plymouth to really bounce back in style for me this one. I think they're more than capable of going to Lincoln and winning. And Jamie, you're taking a quick trip to League Two. Northampton will look to make it five league games unbeaten as they travel to Gillingham. How does seven to five for the away win sound to you? Yeah, look, and they've been really poor this season. They're currently 20th in, in the division. Um, just two wins all season for them. So it's kind of, you know, not been great at all. Um, I, I think as well, they headed this one with back-to-back defeats as well. So obviously confidence is going to be very low for them. I mean, meanwhile, the visitors, Northampton, they obviously come into this one. Third in the league, doing pretty well at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think Northampton win here is, is definitely the way to go. OK, then. Our final bit of business is the odds-on threefold. We all pick a leg each and combine it into an acker. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. I'll go first, and I'm going to drop down to League Two as Stevenage play host to Hartlepool. It's second top, play host to second bottom. And with the hosts staying in touching distance of Leighton Orient, they will be keen to apply further pressure on the league leaders. Hartlepool may have won their last league outing, but they've lost their last four before that, and they are in the relegation zone. So, with this in mind, I'm backing Stevenage to come out on top at odds of 8-15. to 15. Craig, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm dropping down to League One for my pick this weekend. I'm going with Sheffield Wednesday to beat Accrington Stanley, uh, odds of 3-4. to four. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday unbeaten in the last five, and they won in the Cup last weekend as well, so six in all competitions. Uh, they're scoring a lot at the minute. They scored 11 in the last five games in League One. Another couple in the Cup, so 13 from six in total. Uh, they go against a side that's conceding a lot. Accrington have conceded 16 goals in the last six league games. Um, they've not won in them. They did win in the Cup last weekend, but in League One, they're, they're really struggling at the minute. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday to overpower and outscore Accrington is my pick. Three to four, the odd. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? 
Yep, I'm going to go to the championship for my pick and I'm going to go for Norwich to beat Middlesbrough and get that at evens. Um, the Canaries, they've won the last two. The Headlands has won fourth in the division. Uh, Middlesbrough, they are a side who have been struggling. Uh, they're down in 20th. They've conceded 25 goals in, in 19 matches so far this season. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Carrow Road, uh, Norwich will come out on top here. Fantastic. That brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. And the admin is that next week's show is a World Cup preview. So keep your ears and eyes ready for that one. But now, of course, as mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the FreeBets website. And now I need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. Thank you very much. Fantastic. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. All good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.